Your Locked On Maple Leafs. Your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. My name is Mike DiStefano, the host of this program. Uh, you also might know me as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. Uh, you can hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating and review as well. Uh, that is very, very helpful for uh, the algorithms or whatever it is to help this thing grow. And, and that's what we're trying to do, reach as many Leaf fans as possible in order to do that. Need a little bit of help from you guys, so share it if you can. Subscribe, uh, review it, rate it. That would be fantastic. All right, so the Maple Leafs um, losing last night to the Vancouver Canucks, and it wasn't an overbearing loss. They lost 3-1. A couple of bad goals allowed by Michael Hutchinson. Seemed like he fell back to earth a little bit. Uh, but, you know, ultimately, I think Thatcher Demko on the other side kind of stole the show. He, he was fantastic last night. The Maple Leafs missed on a couple of opportunities to to score some goals, you know, whether it was hitting the post or missing a wide-open cage. I felt that Toronto probably could have won that game um, all all. Um, you know, said and done, I think they could have. They certainly outperformed Vancouver, especially in the offensive end. I think I saw uh, or I heard uh, Jamie McLennan talk about it on, on Overdrive. Sport Logic had it 19 to 9 in slot shots. And, and so the high danger chances uh, for Toronto were certainly there. And they, they weren't really for for the Maple Leafs or, or for Vancouver. Like, outside of that goal from Bo Horvat, look at the other two by Jake Vertanen. Uh, he kind of just came around from the um, storming the net as a, as a power forward that he is or <laughs> proclaims to be. And the first one kind of fluky, you know, beats Justin Hall and then goes off a couple of bodies and ultimately ends up in the back of the net. And then the second one, again, just kind of beats his man and goes towards the net and flips it up over the shoulder of Michael Hutchinson. You know, not really bad, uh, you know, not not good goals. You, you didn't give up much. Hutchinson probably should have had those. But all of a sudden, you know, you've got Vertanen jumping out to to a 2 nothing lead for, for the Canucks. And, you know, Demko was doing his thing in his own end. So that that was ultimately the game there. Uh, I felt that Justin Hall, for maybe the first time in a while, I I found myself kind of scratching my head saying, what are you doing out there, buddy? Um, Obviously getting beat pretty badly on on, uh, the the first goal by Jake Vertanen. I think uh, I saw, you know, giving up when you give up that much space on him coming in. Like he's got the speed. He gets past you. And then ultimately – mistakenly puts the puck in the net when he's trying to to fish it out. But, you know, that was the first mistake. Took the penalty also, which led to uh, the second goal in the power play. Or was it the third goal in the power play? Regardless, uh, it, it was it it wasn't Hall's best night. I felt, uh, and he was due to to kind of have a bit of a stinker. He had come off a fantastic few games here against Edmonton, where you know him and Jake Muzzin, along with Brody and and uh, Morgan Riley, really shut down those top couple of lines over in Edmonton. And you know, fourth game in in six nights, third game in four nights. I think this team was just overall tired. You know, they didn't look 
themselves. They didn't look at their best. It was there was some sloppiness. It wasn't you know the passing wasn't as crisp. Um, and and you know those mental mistakes were being made. Uh, those those mental errors where you're missing the net, missing the post. I think it just. You know, it just caught up to him. You know, I I talked about going into the game how I didn't think that was going to be the case because of how little that the the big boys had played the night before in Edmonton. But ultimately, it it turned out to actually be a a bit of an issue. I think that they weren't firing on all cylinders like we had seen them the previous night and the previous couple of games against Edmonton. And uh, those those couple of mistakes that that were made, the Canucks made them pay. You know, the couple couple of bad goals that that Hutchinson allowed. And Vancouver uh, didn't allow Toronto to to, uh, to to get back into the game, and, and Demko made some massive, massive stops. And when all said and done, they end up with a three-one win, and and Toronto's losing streak uh, or winning streak comes to an end, and uh, they'll get a chance to to try and get going again though on Saturday. And I think that'll be a much much more uh, indicative into how these two teams uh, actually are. You know, they'll both have a, a day's rest in between now, as opposed to a fresh Tor- or fresh Vancouver team waiting for a, a a Toronto team that was playing their fourth game in six nights. So, I think Saturday's game tomorrow will be uh, much much better, and I think Toronto will stand certainly a better chance to win that one. Um, we'll take a quick break. And when I come back, I'll, I'll discuss my my three stars of last night's game. And then also a little bit later on, there's some news around the division. we got a coaching change, and then we also have uh, a non-coaching change, which has some people kind of scratching their heads about, uh, in a way, sort of. I'll get to it anyways. There's some news around the division, um, and we'll get to all that in a moment. But first, I want to tell you guys all about betonline.ag. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online as you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, welcome back to the Locked on Leafs podcast. You want to stop shop for all things Leafs. Mike DiStefano with you as always uh, at the Locked on Leafs podcast. And just a reminder that you can listen to this podcast each and every day. Just make sure that you're subscribing wherever you get your podcast from. All right, so uh, last night the Maple Leafs falling 3-1 to to the Vancouver Canucks. And it was, I think Toronto... Uh, played well for the most part. You know, the Maple Leafs ultimately outshot them. They outchanced them. They, you know, out high danger chance them. Like it was all around just a really good game out of Toronto. And uh, they just ran into a hot goalie at the end of the day. That That's that's what it was. Ran into a really hot goalie. And he's going to show up here in my three stars of the game. But he's not my third star because he, uh, he was a lot higher than that to me. My third star of the game actually. And my third star of the game, I'm going to give it to the third line. 
Uh, this newly minted third line of Pierre Engvall, Ilya Mikheyev, and Zach Hyman, I felt, uh, is really doing some wonders here. And they connected for a goal. Pierre Engvall scored in the first period. They eventually did get broken up as Hyman ended up back on a top line uh, with um, with Matthews and Marner in in the third period when you know they were down two two uh, two goals and, and trying to come back into the game, but ultimately. You know, that third line is is playing really well, like really good hockey right now. I guess, you know, Zach Hyman is someone who I could really uh, pinpoint as the man that's really stirring the drink over there. Like, he just does everything. He, he's an energizer bunny, goes around, hits, takes the puck to the net, um, playing almost 19 minutes a game, killing penalties, playing on the power play. And, and last night, I felt that Pierre Engvall had himself a heck of a game as well, which is why I wanted to include this entire third line. Pierre Engvall getting himself a goal. Um, and what, what really impresses me about Engvall is the way that he has improved his game um, as, a, as a centerman. I came into the year not really appreciating Engvall as a centerman. I said to myself, I don't think that he can do it because when he first came into the league last year, he came in as a winger, and he found a little a little bit of success, right? I mean, this is a guy who wasn't really necessarily like an NHL body that people thought were going to be a superstar. I think his, you know, his role was always going to be in the bottom six. But he came out and he actually was producing a little bit. You know, he was out there enforcing his size, his speed, his skill, and he was doing some good things. And they tried to move him to the middle, and his offense dried up. And and I think it was because he was thinking too much, and and he kind of um, was trying to, you know, there's just there's more to do. There's more responsibility as a centerman, and I think it was a little too much for him at the time. But it seems like the last few games, last couple weeks, Pierre Engvall, who's been uh, moved to the middle with all the injuries that have occurred. And and this third line is really starting to pick it up, right? Uh, you know, you got Engvall scoring a goal. Mikheyev scored a goal the other night. Hyman scored uh, the past couple of games uh, in Edmonton. And all three of them really are, are playing extremely good hockey. So I thought last night, while they were still together, were, again, a really, really quality line. So I'm going to go with them as my third stars of the game. And the other two are on the other side of the ice. Got to give Jake Vertanen his props. Uh, although they weren't amazing goals, it just goes to show what happens when you go to the net, right? You, you go to the net. That's that's what happens, kids, when you take the puck to the net. And someone like Jake Vertanen's had a bit of a rough year this season, just his second and third goal on the year um, after going scoreless. And I don't know, I think he had like one goal through 22 games or something like that. And then uh, gets off the schneid, scores a couple last night. So it was good to see for, for Tannen. Um, not good to see if you're a Leaf fan, though, because both of those goals Hutchinson probably should have had. But, you know, that's just going to give him some confidence. And they're looking to trade him as well. So that definitely has to get some GMs across the the NHL kind of saying, huh, all right, so he's not completely washed up. Um, so so he was my second star of the game, just kind of a, a force out there and forcing himself, uh, was going around, had three hits on the night as well. So, And I think that's when Jake Vertanen is at his best. I think when he's skating around, he's getting involved offensively, getting pucks to the net, going to the net himself, but then also uh, imposing his will and being physical 
Um, so end up getting 15 minutes of ice time out there, and, and he made the best of it. So Vertanen was my second star of the game, and my first star of the game I'm giving to Thatcher Demko because he stole that one for the Leafs. He stole two periods, or he stole two points against Toronto last night. If they had average goaltending yesterday, if if they had Brayden Holpe in net yesterday, <laughs> I, I don't think that the Maple Leafs would have lost that game. I think they would have been able to win because Demko made a lot of really good stops. A lot of really good stops, right? Made, uh, uh, faced 32 shots, made 31 saves, and there was, they outchanced them, they outshot them, outperformed them in the high danger of the high danger variety. And Demko was, was there and made so many really good stops, like a lot of them. And uh, he was fantastic last night, and certainly stole uh, stole the game for for Vancouver. Um, so he is the number one star of last night's game. All right, we'll put that one behind us because I mean it, it, the Leafs gave up two points that they probably shouldn't have, uh, but just ran into a hot goalie is what it is. They'll be back at it again on Saturday between these two clubs. I would imagine Thapter Demko will be back between the pipes once again. Um, there's no reason to go to Brayden Holpe. I think Demko should get the start. Uh, and then for the Maple Leafs, I would assume that uh, Freddie Anderson will get back out onto the ice and then we'll probably see a good bulk of Freddie for, for quite some time here. So uh, Anderson's going to get an opportunity and It'll probably be Demko and Net, And like I said, I think we'll get a better understanding of where these two teams sit as a whole in this game than we did yesterday. So looking forward to it, guys. going to be a fun game. It'll be a late one, obviously, out in Vancouver. So hopefully you, uh, you don't fall asleep because I think it'll be a fun outcome for the Maple Leafs. And I think they tie this series with a game, uh, a win in tomorrow's game. All right, we'll take one more quick break. But when we return, there's some news around the division. Calgary has himself a new head coach. Vancouver opting to keep their head coach, which some people are kind of scratching their heads at. But uh, we'll get to that news and some more when we return here on the Lockdown Lease podcast. All right, welcome back to the Locked on Lease podcast. Your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. Mike DiStefano still with you here. So we got some news around the uh, Scotia North Division. And, you know, things are nice in, in Maple Leaf land right now. The team's 18, 5, and 2, 38 points. You know, we're up 7 points on the next best team, and that's Winnipeg leading the NHL in points. Everything's rolling good. Right? Everything is pretty darn good in Maple Leaf land. You cannot say the same around a lot of the teams around the league. Montreal has already fired their head coach. Last week we saw Claude Julien get the axe. Dom Ducharme taking over in Montreal. And then yesterday we saw Calgary taking out Jeff Ward and inserting an old voice into the locker room, a former Flame head coach, a man who took them to a Stanley Cup final once before, and that is Daryl Sutter. Back in the saddle in Calgary. And I got to tell you, I think I agree with the move over there. Uh, to me, they're in 
incredibly underwhelming as to what I expected from Calgary this season. I thought they were really going to take a big step uh, forward this year. They went out, they got Jacob Markstrom to solidify that goaltending. They went out and they got Chris Tanev to uh, to replace what they lost in TJ Brody, which obviously we now know that TJ Brody clearly was probably a pretty good part in what's going on in Calgary. So, cause he's doing some really good things here with the Maple Leafs. So I think Calgary is missing him uh, quite a bit more than, than they thought that they would. Although Tanev has had a pretty good season himself, um, you know, kind of being that Brody replacement. But that being said, overall, the offense just hasn't really uh, given them any scent, uh, any sort of consistency. Uh, Matt Kachuk went like 10 games without scoring a goal, and even he's having a really down year. Uh, Goudreau started off really hot. He slowed down a little bit. They're not getting much depth scoring. Uh, I know Dylan Dubé did have a hat trick last night, but outside of that, you know, they're, they're just not getting much out of their bottom six. And uh, the the injury to Markstrom, I think, hurts as well, having to roll with David Riddick for the last couple of weeks. I know they were able to to play decent against Toronto a couple of weeks ago, and Riddick was able to uh, to to kind of steal some steal a win for them um, the other night. But he still is not that great of a goaltender, and uh, the team still is is under five hundred their last ten games. Uh, really swimming just trying to stay above water here and uh you know they they decided to make the coaching change so Daryl Sutter will be back on the bench interestingly though unlike the situation in Montreal where Dom Ducharme was an assistant with the team and was already there he didn't have to quarantine he's got a quarantine uh so he can't even join the Calgary Flames I think until Tuesday he doesn't have to do a full two weeks because he's not coming in from the States. I believe he lives in Alberta on some farm somewhere in Alberta. So, you know, he doesn't have to uh, do the full two weeks, but he does have, I think it must be what, a five-day quarantine, I suppose, if you're just, like, driving over just to make sure that you're good, get, like, your your three tests in a row, and then away you go. Because I did see reports that he can start practicing with the team starting on uh, Tuesday, but will still be involved with uh, you know running some practices uh, virtually I suppose uh, starting now but then Ryan Huska is going to be on the bench for the game tomorrow night for them so it's somewhat of a complicated situation in Calgary unlike in Montreal but they really are hoping that they can turn their season around so far they're uh, 11 11 and 2 24 points just two points back of Montreal for that fourth and final playoff spot but Montreal does have two games in hand so it, it's gonna be an interesting race as we approach you know the midway point of the season it's it's like within the next two weeks we'll be at the midway point of the season. Less than that. The Leafs are at 25 games, so they'll be at the midway point at game 28. So the Leafs are three games away from being at the midway point. So we'll be there next week. Um, So Calgary thought, you know what, we still have a chance to turn things around here. They didn't like the way the team was playing. I don't blame them. I didn't either. And uh, so they're hoping that a change of pace, a change of scenery, a change in voice, uh, will spark that team and hopefully that Daryl Sutter can get the best out of the group that's there before they tear it down. Because I, I got to be honest with you, if they can't get it done 
now. And if you know this move, this transition to Daryl Sutter doesn't spark this team, I'm not so certain that a month from now, come the trade deadline, that this team is going to keep this core intact. If they're still sputtering and, and going downhill, I don't know if we see Monahan, Goudreau, Kachuk, and Lindholm make it through this team to start next year. I'm not saying that at the deadline we'll see a massive move like this, but in the offseason, I could see them making a lot of changes. I mean, heck, I, I think that maybe even Brad Trilliving, the GM there, could potentially be on the hot seat if they don't make the playoffs, considering the amount of money uh, that they spent this offseason and, and, and you know the expectations of this team. You know, he kind of, his last bullet in the chamber was to change the coach. He's done that now. If he can't get, maybe there's a trade to be made. I'm not sure. But, you know, this team does need to pick it up if if this core, this group wants to stick around long term. Because if they don't make the playoffs this season, I think that is a huge, huge miss. And that is definitely underperforming and changes will be made. So that's my views and that's my opinion on what's going on right now in Calgary. Now to Vancouver against the team that that the Leafs are currently entrenched with in in a nice three-game series. So it's also very timely that this is all happening. But uh, general manager Jim Benning came out and gave a vote of confidence to his coach Travis Green today saying he likes what he's doing with the with the team um and that he believes that he's the man going forward sometimes that is the kiss of death when you get the vote of confidence from your gm usually that's just a little lip service and if within a couple of weeks things don't change you're gone uh, but I don't know if that's the case in Vancouver. I, I'm pretty familiar with how things work over there. Um, as you know, some of you do know, I grew up a Canucks fan. I I still have some you know some ties over there. I, I know what's going on. And when it comes to Vancouver, the Aquilinis uh, are are a little bit of penny pinchers. You know, they're not MLSC. They don't care about how much money they're spending on coaching. They they do. They keep an eye on that, and there's a reason why they haven't fired Travis Green, and I think it could potentially be that. Now, I like Green as a coach. I think that he is a good coach. Don't get me wrong. But I think there's a reason. The only reason why he hasn't been fired yet is because of that, because they're definitely also underperforming. 27 games played, more than any other team in the NHL. They only have 22 points to show for it. They're 10, 15, and 2. I know that they just won and beat the Toronto Maple Leafs last night, but we already explained, A, they just had a hot goalie who made a bunch of good saves, and they went up against a backup goalie who was playing behind a team who had played four games the last six nights, and they weren't on their A game. That's why they ended up with the win last night. But Vancouver has not played well at all this season. They've they've been a mess, and something needs to change. Arguably, the problem is a little higher up there when when it comes to this the way that this team is is constructed and playing. You know, Jim Benning could probably take a a big brunt of the blame here. You know, the amount of money that he's got tied up in guys who are either playing in the bottom six or on the practice squad, on the taxi squad, or even in buried in the minors, is more than any other team in the NHL. It's 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 preposterous. And if if Maple Leafs fans, um. If if the Maple Leafs were paying the amount of money for non-contributors that 
uh, Vancouver does, there's no way that Kyle Dubas would still be around. There's just n- no chance. Toronto fans get upset when, like, Mitch Marner is making all the money and and, and that Tavares and, and William uh, Nylander is making too much money. I mean, at least William Nylander is scoring. At least he is producing. They're paying $6 million bucks to Louis Erickson, who's legitimately on the taxi squad and I don't think has a goal this year and had like three goals all of last year. And he's still on a contract for another year at $6 bucks. It's Van Barchi on the books for like a three, three and a half, $3.3 million playing in the AHL right now. Roussel and uh, Beagle and Brent Sutter, the three of them who are all fourth liners, are making over $10 million together. They've got so much money <laughs> in their bottom six and on their taxi squad and, and in the AHL that it really has hampered the way that this team can build themselves. And Travis Green, I think, is doing the best he can with the with the team that he's given. And because of all that, because of the spending that's being done and, and the Aquilini's not willing to spend more, he's still around. So we'll see what ends up happening in Vancouver. I wouldn't be surprised if Benning is the guy who, who gets let go this offseason. And whoever comes in, maybe they, they keep Travis Green because I think he's done a good job. You look what he did with this team last year. Went all the way to the conference semifinals. Game 7 against Vegas. So this team can be good. I think they have the pieces. They got the young guys. They seemingly have a goalie. They've got a good young defenseman. I think they still need some work around him. But once those... Uh, they got some anchors holding them down in the in their cap structure. And once that kind of gets cleaned up in the next couple of years, then I think that Vancouver could be a competitive team. But until then... I'm not seeing it out of this out of this team. They've just got too much money locked up into guys who are not productive, which is legitimately the complete opposite of Toronto. At least the guys who were paying a lot of money to are the most productive players on this team. The Austin Matthews, the Mitch Marner, the Tavares, the Nylander. Right? So Makes sense why Toronto is at the top of the division and Vancouver is pretty well at the bottom, um, you know, swimming in the same waters as Ottawa and not necessarily in the playoff hunt like Calgary, Montreal, Edmonton, and uh, and Winnipeg here. So that's my look on, on this North division. Um, just, a, I guess, a quick word. I think Ottawa is doing some decent things. Funny enough, uh, it's... Ottawa has now forced Montreal to fire their coach and Calgary to fire their coach. Um, if I'm Travis Green, I'm I'm worried about an upcoming series against the Ottawa Senators. That being said, after all I just said, because there's a quite a, a little bit of a pattern here when it comes to to losing games uh, or or playing poorly against the Ottawa Senators. So Vancouver, look out, Travis Green. Play your best if you want to keep your job in a couple of weeks when you take on the Sens. Um, Edmonton, I think they're fine. We spoke about them at length this this week. Um, they, they got, you know, dismantled by the Maple Leafs, sure. 
But at the end of the day, they've got McDavid, they got Dreisaitl, they'll snap out of it, they'll be fine. Um, I think that they're still a quality team that should make the playoffs. Winnipeg really is the only team that is poses somewhat of a threat to Toronto for the uh, king of the North crown. I think that Toronto, at the end of the day, is the better team. I think they will win the division. The only team, only team, in my opinion, at this point, that might stand a chance is Winnipeg. And they got some games coming up. If Winnipeg rolls the table, now it's going to be a bit of a conversation. Now it gets a little dicey. But until that happens, uh, Toronto's still the Kings of the North. So uh, I guess that is my my quick end-of-week roundup on what's going on within the division. Uh, we got a, a, the game tomorrow night between Vancouver and Toronto. So make sure you guys uh, watch that one. I'll be back on Monday to talk about it. But that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown Leafs podcast uh, on all podcasting platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck and follow the show at Lockdown Leafs. And if you want some more hockey talk, be sure to check out the Lockdown NHL podcast or myself. And for the Locked On host, discuss the latest around the NHL. I'll be back with another episode on Monday. Like I said, folks, enjoy the game tomorrow night. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.